0: hi it's adrian here i want to share with you something really exciting i've just recorded a series for the aia austin texas their homes tour which comes up at the end of october now this is a tour where you can register and go and visit these amazing homes I've recorded each of the architects and they've told us about the journey through the home and in it, there is just so many wonderful little nuances that they share with you. I encourage you to listen. I encourage you to go on the tour and thanks for being a listener on Talk Design. Today I'm interviewing Nicole Blair from Nicole Blair Architecture. Nicole is an amazing architect. She always thinks, and I was going to say out of the box, she always thinks there is no box. And she'll always challenge the site, challenge the thoughts and create something that is truly innovative, highly livable and highly practical. And this combination is something that's really exciting. So Nicole... The project's called The Perch, it's sensational, and I'm so excited to talk to you about it. Welcome to Talk Design.
1: Thanks, Adrienne, thanks for having me, and I'm happy, I'm excited to get to talk about The Perch with you.
0: Yeah, well, phenomenal project, and look, for people who are on the tour this year coming around, just put this one on your list. Do not miss it. If, you, if you're if you running out of time, make sure you do see this. This is something that you won't see. You'll see other bits of Nicole's work around and you'll be able to start spotting it sometimes because of her dimension and the way she handles the architectural um, form, which is great. But this is really cool. Really, really cool. Nicole, kick off and tell me about the client's brief, about what they asked you for, because we have a house here or a a residence that's is perched. It is perched high up and above uh, another building. So tell me about that.
1: Uh, Sure. Yeah. So the the client um, is a couple that they were looking for some additional kind of flex space to use for guests or for like, for working from home and they so they have a bungalow and they were they knew they wanted this additional space but they also really loved their backyard the owner the husband is a landscape architect and they had the backyard in a way that they really didn't want to touch it so they I think they still assumed that in designing this new kind of studio flex space that I would be designing something in the back but when they initially met with me, they said, you know, ideally, we would not like to touch the backyard. We love our backyard. We'd like it to be private and kind of facing a different direction than our area in the back. And they also wanted to stay on property during construction. So ideally, they didn't want to move away. They wanted to still have use of the bungalow below. And the yard I'm picking. (laughs) Yes. And, and exactly. And the yard would be nice. Right. I think they, I think we all assumed we'd need more staging area than we ended up needing. And part of that was some ingenuity by some of the subcontractors. Yeah. Got to love a good team. Yeah. It's yeah. There's, there are some really great, we have access to some great steel subcontractors in Austin and it was actually their idea to build the steel structure of the perch offsite. Which really freed up the yard and the landscaping during construction. So, so,
0: so did you construct with a crane then?
1: So we we rented a crane for one day only. Actually, the steel subcontractor rented the crane, and but they built they built the skeleton structure in steel off site uh-huh. in several pieces, and then in one day they trucked it to the site. We closed off the street. Rented a crane and welded it all into place in one day. Like started really early in the morning, finished that night.
0: How fascinating for the neighbors and people going past, you know, suddenly this thing sitting there like perched, perched up on top. That's so cool.
1: You know, it was just this, it was just the steel skeleton structure. So obviously a lot had to happen after that, but, and it's hard to, it's like, if you go to visit the perch now, you can actually see it from the street but uh-huh. when we were designing it it was before that that's that ice storm which the ice storm kind of took away a lot of their landscaping on the site so when the perch was close to completion funny enough you couldn't you almost couldn't even see it from the street because of all the lush landscaping they had in front
0: yeah wow um,
1: and then, right after they moved in, there was that freeze, yeah, yeah. and, and then they lost quite a bit of their trees and flora and fauna all up throughout the front. So actually, now now you actually can see the the perch from the street. But I think some how of the fascinating, neighbors...
0: yeah. So yeah, how fascinating, it? yeah, really to, yeah. to go from you know what was expected to be kind of shrouded with trees and, and landscape to suddenly being revealed. Yeah, that's pretty amazing as well, and kind of magical in the sense of it's a great-looking piece of architecture, and so more people get to enjoy it by it being yeah. in their neighborhood. Yeah,
1: yeah. Th- thanks. I think. Yeah, it's. I have a picture. I have. I could send you pictures of of it close to completion, and you can barely see the top of oh, the wow. perch, barely peeking through.
0: Well, for your photographs, it was good of you to organize the the ice storm, really, so that you could get these better shots of it.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah, it made it easier, for sure. It made it it easier to see it. So because they wanted to
0: retain the yard and tell me about perching it up there and, you know, the challenges of retaining the yard, obviously, like the staging made a big difference, being able to stage it and bring it in that way but tell me what else you did when you were designing like back at the those early stages with you know pencil and paper sort of stuff and going hmm where will this fit and how will that fit
1: right well I think I had done well you know we've spoken before and I did a couple of small projects prior to this that really had to be kind of shaped to fit Uh this site with because of setbacks and easements and impervious cover so I'd gotten used to working on projects where the design of the form really had to be tailored very specifically to fit all of, fit inside all of those requirements. So yeah. so when I started designing this with their ideas in mind, where they wanted it to not look onto the backyard to kind of leave the backyard intact pretty quick. I mean, pretty much initially in the design process, I was wondering if we could fit it above the bungalow, but still under that city of Austin setback tent. Uh So it was a pretty, you know, it was a, it was an early thought. And, and yeah, I think once you, once I started drawing to see what space we had to work with, I realized that if we did make, make the form kind of split level where you walked up like half a flight of stairs to get to fr- from one portion to another. And we stayed really close to the roof line of the bungalow kind of hugging it. I think uh-huh. I just offset it like two feet to make sure oh, really? we had <laughs> yeah. room. to, yes, yeah, Just enough room to still be able to like get to the roof if you need to of the maintenance of, you know,
0: and things floor. like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And to, su- and to g- kind of give a little bit of separation and some light that might still come through uh-huh. it. It like it became very apparent that it could fit, but it would be it would be a tight fit but it but I think it made for some really interesting spaces, and the client, I think when I presented it in our first meeting, the model of it they were they were Im- immediately uh excited about it and liked the solution, so huh? that's always nice,
0: yeah, absolutely because it's it it it's an innovative solution. Of, of course, it is like I say, of course, because it's for you. It is an innovative solution and it, it creates something where it wouldn't have normally ended up. It would have ended up in the backyard or over part of the backyard and then they would have lost the other part of what they wanted from it. So, yeah, I think it's brilliant. yeah So yeah. With, with the space, what were the elements that they wanted in there? Like what so was... they
1: wanted it to function like a studio space that could work as like two offices or two bedrooms. They wanted at least a one bathroom, kind of like a functioning, you know, like kitchenette kind of mm-hmm. space. Mm-hmm. So, so that was that. That was essentially the program. I think. I, I think the only thing I ended up adding between like our first initial meeting. And like a second or third meeting was I ended up adding some, some storage that they weren't originally anticipating. And like in that storage, like a small closet for a stackable washer and dryer.
0: Okay. Um, So it could be almost completely standalone.
1: Yeah. I think, I think you could, you could use it as like, you know, if they had guests that were going to stay for a long period of time or, and then they ended up, they currently like during the pandemic it was under construction, and the 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 wife uh, she cuts hair and her salon closed uh-huh. during the pandemic. So they we kind of decided towards the end of construction that the first use of the perch would be as kind of like a pandemic workspace for her. Uh-huh. So she started cutting hair up there, and I think she is still doing that now, but there is a plan to transition yeah, right. that and that may or may not happen before, be- it may or may not happen before or after the, the uh, home
0: tour. October. So yeah. Different. Right. Yeah. yeah well.
1: I also, I guess in, I guess a program, a small programmatic thing that I added was a very small little nook in the hall on the second floor And I did that because i found even in my other projects, even when you're in a small space, like the square footage of the perch is only 660 square feet. Mm
2: -hmm. But I
1: find like, even when you're in a small space to have another, even smaller space, that's more intimate inside of a small space can make the whole space feel bigger because you have more spaces to kind of, to retreat to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so There's a, there's a small little, I think it's probably like three and a half feet or four feet wide little hall, um, little, um, in the hall, but it's between the bathroom and one of the studio spaces. And it gives, there's a view from that space. It's open down to the living room space. And there's also, a there's also glass that looks down onto the front porch Uh and so from that space which you could use you could put like an exercise bike there or you could build you could put a small desk or like a reading chair or Uh she currently uses it as as a place for hair drying like for her clients yeah right get their hair dried but it's a little spot that gives some continuity between the first floor and the second floor so you feel some openness between those two spaces like the only so the connections from the upper level to the lower level isn't just this the staircase it kind of gives a second spot to kind of connect back down from the second floor to the first floor
0: it's sort of almost like a livable space instead of just a hallway yeah like a purpose space yeah that's cool yeah
1: Yeah, like a very, very small little
0: intimate
1: space
0: within the space. Yeah. I like that. I like that. That makes it kind of fun. So once you're like, let's go there. Well, let's still say the outside for now. What have you clad the building with? What's this?
1: So the the building is, I mean, I guess, um, the commercial term for it would be Corten, but we bought it as raw steel and then allowed it to 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 oxidize on its own. And it's a it's a corrugated, so it's basically corrugated oxidized steel. And we picked that material, or I, you know, I suggested several different materials, but we landed on this one specifically because. It matched their the fence, their existing fence, uh-huh. the big front also, fence, yeah, yeah, which is also like a corrugated, perforated, raw steel that's oxidized, and maybe even more so because it's low maintenance. Because we knew you, you know, getting back up to the perch to paint it, or you know, for maintenance would be difficult. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah so this is maintenance free in that sense, as a facade, yeah. uh, you know, as a, a cladding. It, yep. uh, it will just continue to weather and stay this beautiful orange tone. It, it, exactly. And it being with the corrugated iron and your ability to pull that and run it on the same angles if you've got the roof running on on the front facade there, it makes it really interesting as well. Like It just adds those shadow lines to it that just capture your eye and you you get a sense of the shape of how this is all working together. And -hmm. then using the using sort of like white against it, it makes it very suddenly very clean and crisp. So you've got one that's very organic and then one that's very purposeful right beside each other, which I think looks really brilliant as well.
1: Thanks. Yeah. And the the and it it looks like white and it is primarily white, the the tongue and groove. It's actually it's a whitewashed pine. Oh, okay. And it's a, a pre finished material, but if you actually have in the and photographs especially it looks bright white, but in mm-hmm. person you can, it's it's kind of like a whitewash pine, and you can see the reddish tones of the pine coming through nice so the board in person has like a slight pink tint uh, to it okay and which really I think is it which resonates with with the corten
0: yeah and then also flows through to what the interior colors have been like it's a a continued play on that Um, right
1: yeah like the copper.
0: yeah the palette kind of falls together um tell me about the staircase to get
1: so the the staircase okay so the staircase is really it's a combination of a lot of different things coming together so so for one there's a column on the landing that structurally is required for, it's actually part of the entire structural system of the perch. Mm -hmm. So there's a, there's a, a, you can, there's a, there's a deep stringer and a column at the landing that are all tie in to the structural skeleton system.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So it's, that is structurally necessary to have that column pulled Pulled away from from the main building of the perch structurally, mm-hmm. and then I saw a I, I was searching in a lot of different sources for I knew that I wanted a, a a steel staircase that was as transparent as as mm-hmm. possible, mm-hmm. and so I was searching all kinds of sources of of structure of steel staircases, and I found. An ex- I found this example in a book called In Details Japan. Uh-huh. It was a, it was a book of details that I had, where they welded the the grate like just as the the riser and the
0: uh, the riser yeah. and the going were welded just out of the same material.
1: There, yep. So I I copied that detail and then the client had a railing that they had built in the backyard which was a uh, bent rebar huh? and so I kind of borrowed that railing from the backyard for right. this railing I thought it would go nicely with there's other elements at the in the perch that are bent uh-huh. like and it, like even the siding right the siding kind of like bends over from roof to wall mm-hmm. uh, and there's other elements inside that are kind of bent instead of uh, as kind of like a as a as an approach to to their design and I thought the I thought the bent ends of this railing were important because people might be walking under the stair and I wanted to eliminate those curved edges like those sharp edges edges. right yeah by introducing the curved ones and then the client actually they love the stair but they were they really wanted it to be paw friendly because they have dogs Uh and and even barefoot friendly. Yep. And so they suggested putting the expanded metal on top right. um, of the treads. And so originally I was hoping we didn't need that when I was afraid that it was going to block too much light, but in the end, it, it, it it does allow for a pretty, pretty impressive amount of light to still flow through. That's good. Um, yeah. 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 That's, so it's, it, it's a good. Group, it, Horses came from a lot of different places. Yeah. It, well,
0: it's a beautiful staircase and it's really interesting. And the fact that, like you said, you've made it poor friendly as well, which is really, you know, it's really great when it's an all-steel structure. It, Yeah, like it's it's great. And for people who come on tour, you know, this is going to be how you're going to see the perch. You're, you're going to come into this yard and then you're going to start taking these stairs. That's the only way you're going to get in there. So, yeah it's quite a fabulous little journey and then to look at the elements that you just described like you know doing the the bent rebar but then having it so it's got the rounded bases so that if you're walking in underneath and stuff you've got that sort of softer more soft protection rather than the sharper edges of the stairs and I love that piece that for the engineering that staircase is integral to the whole structure because it's not just a tack on it actually is making the whole thing work which is yeah the
1: engineer yeah during oh. construction the engineer kept saying when are you gonna put the finish the stair because that's an important part of the structure
0: before you get too much wind load up there get that staircase
1: in <laughs> yeah he kept asking yeah, right. and I love it. I mean one more thing about this stair was the original bungalow had a large poured concrete um uh, porch mm-hmm. so it was nice to be able to take advantage of that and for the perch to share that porch so right. the staircase we kind of in that same language left it cantilevered but also ending up to share the same porch with the with the bungalow below which right which I
0: what's a detail that I like. Yeah, I see that in photos. So this again, when you come on tour, have a look at how the first step is cantilevered out as you step off the the concrete porch, and then you start the journey up to the perch. So it's got the same floating kind of style and feel as the perch has how, how it floats above the house, except that you don't have to take a two foot step. It's a uh, it's a it's a much more regular sized step so yeah really beautiful like really cool just again that same uh, it's a program really is is like repeating itself there so once we get up into the perch so we've gone up i imagine there's going to be some really good times to view this and uh, there's going to be some times when you're going to be in a queue to view it uh, because once you get up there you can't fit you know, 500 people in it or anything like that. Um So it's going to be one of those things that we want to look at where you can take pause on the way to observe what happens and what is happening around you. Just like you said with that timber, you know, the whitewashed pine, and just that soft pink that it has and stuff and how that interacts with the corten steel as well. I think these are little magical moments that people can dis- well not discover. We're telling them about them, but they can discover them for themselves, and I think that makes it a more in-depth journey and also brings some of the emotion into the journey. When you're up on t- up inside there, what kind of height is the floor to ceiling like the, to the highest peak?
1: So I think so. At the lowest point, I think it's like six feet Uh and and then I think it climbs to about 15 Mm -hmm. or 16 feet like in that main space and then if you're once you're walking up the staircase that ceiling continues but it's continuing as you're also climbing the stair and then it's the gable is coming back down again so when you're up on that second level in the stair you have like a double height space but then but then it Turns back down and you're in like a more intimate space again on that second floor
0: because um, the, the shifts of volume certainly change the shifts of emotion in a space, and you've got a lot of light coming in here yet it and the emotions of that with with all this light that's flooding in and views out as well because of course you're elevated, you get to see like a, a fair distance way more than the bungalow below that's for sure.
1: Yeah. And from, I mean, when you're, when you're walking up, I would say maybe just a quick note, when you're walking up, pay attention to the fact that the stair is going to be wiggling a little bit and that's by design. And you can kind of see the light that's coming through below. And then when you get to the porch, you can kind of, if you look up to the right, you can see that, that little that little space I was talking about kind of like an intimate space that looks down to the porch and looks down to the living room. And then when you're inside that, the big, the, that, that big kind of sliding glass door and glass opening is all facing North. So you get really nice, indirect Northern light and kind of a view back to Cesar Chavez, which is a block away and like a busier street, but you're kind of, you know, it's, beyond uh, the trees that you can see that and it's really nicely elevated yeah yeah you i feel like when you're inside the perch you can tell you're elevated you can see some views even uh, even on the second floor uh depending on the time of year some views downtown uh which is west of the building or views to caesar chavez with caesar chavez which is a busier street Um, But then there's some smaller windows or skylights that are just bringing in uh, some light. I try to have light coming from three directions in any in any room if I can. I think the bathroom is kind of in the center of the space. So the only natural light you're getting in the bathroom is from a a big, a large skylight above. But um, that also kind of creates a nice glow.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like sort of being inside a lantern.
1: Yeah,
0: and so with with being able to bring light in because of your soaring ceiling. So you know, if you go from six feet to fifteen feet, then you're able to bring light in up really high as well. And then that washes the walls completely differently than if you were just bringing it all in at sort of like a lower level. And you had this the ceiling becomes, I suppose, a whole lot more engaged when you can mm-hmm. wash light across it and bring that light in high. And you can use you know light that is stronger or hotter, all those things when you're up there, so that it's not directly on people. It's... So tell me about the 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 color scheme inside and how this was like obviously part of the overall design. Um, right. It's really it's really fabulous. It would it's interesting and it's like it's soft and it's like engaging. So tell, talk me through that.
1: Okay, sure. Yeah, I will. I mean, in terms of lighting, the client, the clients say they, they don't have to use the electric light mm-hmm. very much unless it's, unless it's nighttime or, you know, if she really needs a spotlight you know, when she's cutting hair, but the, so, I mean, I think, you know, as we were settling on all the materials inside, we knew, you know, I, I always like to keep them all and, you know, in close harmony together. So what, so after we sort of d- decided we were going to use this whitewash pine, which has a little bit of that pink tint in it and had decided on these bent um, copper fixtures,
0: mm-hmm.
1: we had also been looking at white oak flooring and we found this remnant mix of white oak flooring from from a supplier in Austin, artisan floors. And so I knew that we wanted to pick up on the tones of the the oxidized steel on the interior and kind of bring that in. And also something that would work with these other materials that we had already been selecting. So those kind of like warm pe- peaches, warm pinks mm-hmm. I proposed would be, would coordinate nicely with the copper and with the oxidized steel. And so we tested we probably I probably tested like a dozen different shades of pink. And we ended up picking through I think there's three or four different colors. Even like the trim Uh has a little bit of a it's I mean it, it looks white but it has a little bit of a tint of a pink. You can you can if you're in the space you can see the stove is like a bright white. Right. And in relation to that, everything else that's white is, has a little bit of warmth to it.
0: Yeah. Um, So just a blush of just the faintest little blush of pink.
1: Yeah. And it's just, and I think it appears, I mean, for all intents and purposes, it's white, but I think it feels warmer and blends more Mm -hmm. when you're kind of dialing in the tone a little bit more on that level.
0: Mm -hmm. I think, Um, I think very much so it, it just, lets your subconscious not stop and start again it just lets it flow through you there's a feeling that it just everything's just there like and that relaxes you in the space as well
1: yeah and so I like a lot of in my other projects or in many of my other projects I had when I've used steel and exposed it I've painted it white or something that kind of matched the neighboring materials and so right. we did that again here um again which i think was effective so like the handrail to the second floor and mm-hmm. this custom vent hood and shelving and all the exposed structural steel is all kind of painted the same as the trim kind of kind of like that right off-white
0: yeah. tone
1: to kind of yeah, blend sure. yeah right.
0: I also like the, you had some with your walls with the split toning. So having a color on the bottom and then a lighter color above where you've got your cabinetry and stuff. I think this is really nice. It, it kind of plays to old fashioned values. It's like having a dado rail in a room and yet it's treated in a really modern manner. And it's, there's something special about how that feels. When you pull it together that way, and especially when you're just layering off soft colors, it, it's not trying to own the space. It's just being a, brings the intimacy into it again. It sort of puts a, a line around the room and holds you down a little.
1: Hmm. Yeah, it's, I was hoping it would feel more like a backdrop and connect mm-hmm. you back to the, to, to the oxidized steel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Just like Uh, and then and then you can use the interior design, right, to bring in whatever colors you want.
0: Yeah. So when people arrive at the at the street, they're gonna see this perched up there, then they're gonna come and experience the staircase. And then as you said, like as they if they pause at the top of the staircase, they'll see the connection between the two sort of forms of the building, where is this little Intimate nook, which I think is really cool. And then tell me a bit more about inside. Once you're inside, obviously there's the coloration, there's the timber, there's the materiality. Then there's also this feeling of sort of like from, you know, a six foot wall to say a 15 foot high ceiling peak. I think another point that you made, which was really great, is, is to look at the different light sources in each room from an architectural point of view, a, a form point of view—you know, three points of light coming in wherever possible—and just seeing how that is, because at different times of the day, this will transform the space quite differently as the shadows and the sun moves around. And so, what somebody sees in the morning will be different to what you see in the afternoon with the way the light filters through the building. Again, mm-hmm. these are kind of the. the the hidden pieces of genius that we take for granted when we just go through that things feel right. The idea is, is that it feels right at all times and then imagining those different plays of that light for different times of the day and the different needs of the place and at different times of the day. I love this exposed copper work as well in your the, the rawness of it in the shower, etc. Was that sort of in, in touch with the outdoor landscaping or yeah
1: see. it was it i i wanted the fixtures to feel more handmade and so I, I found a a maker online that did these bent copper fixtures and i thought the copper would be a, a perfect fit with mm-hmm. the oxidized steel it just mm-hmm. picks up on the same tone and then it took us a while to arrive at the idea that the bathroom would all be stucco i I did a bunch of iterations or design ideas with tile and you know none of them were resonating with me or with a client and then I finally just suggested the stucco and I I wasn't quite sure at first but it, it's kind of in the, the the building is designed with a little bit of a wiggle to move and so that was one of the reasons I wasn't sure at first but the bathroom is in this central core of the building and doesn't does not move like the it's in the
0: stable part right
1: yeah it's more stable and i think it this idea that this very small bathroom if if all the walls and the ceilings could be again this same this sta- same material that has again has that handmade feel right mm-hmm. with the with mm-hmm. the the way that it's in slightly
0: organic feeling
1: yeah but also a uniformity that yeah. is reminiscent of the building as a whole, just felt right. And so, yeah. And also ca- kind of reiterates that kind of calming feel. And again, the stucco has a little bit of a pinkish tone to it. It's just slight.
0: It's a tiny tinge.
1: Yeah. yeah a- I,
0: it, it seems to be quite a trend though, this movement towards stucco in bathroom spaces as well, like that people are, I suppose, going back to it. And I would say as maybe it, but there's a lot more products out there nowadays that allow for uh great products that allow for bathroom spaces to be made or to be fully plastered out. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah, this is really exactly. pretty.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think there are a lot of products that give you that same, like it, it feels like it's, it, it's, it's warm and it feels simple and elemental. Yeah. Um, It's not as busy as a lot
0: of tile. Yeah, it it, it blooms as well. It has a like it has its own life. It's sort of got its own softness in it. I always describe it to people. It's a bit like, you know, when you see somebody's skin, their skin isn't all one tone. It, it, It changes. You know, if you look at somebody's face, it changes from different parts of their face to different areas and it's sort of like that so it almost humanizes it it gives it a feeling that you otherwise wouldn't get and I think that's magical about using these products especially in a light color you know we've seen it done in a few very dark colors like even in black as well uh, mm-hmm. but it does also it ends up just with I suppose it's like when you're in Italy or in France and stuff and you see old buildings that have been plastered like this it's got a depth to it that has a magic Mm -hmm. that just engages your senses differently.
1: Mm -hmm, I agree. Yeah. One of of my favorite details in the house is actually the mirror in the bathroom.
0: Because it.
1: (laughs) We just, we cut it to shape, to follow the shapes of the roof line, but Uh it's also. And it kind of floats off the wall a little bit. I mean, it's a very, it's a, it's not an ex- expensive mirror. Like any glass company can, you can give them the cuts and they'll, but this one in particular was a little bit of a nod to uh, Gio Ponti, oh. the Italian architect that, and he designed a bunch of shield shaped mirrors. And to me, I always saw those a bit like family crests uh-huh. in a way. And that, Somehow, when you're standing in front of one, it's almost like the sh- if the shape of the the shape of the mirror is kind of like a reflection of you um, and your family. and yeah. so to me, this mirror kind of echoing some of the lines and angles and shapes of the roof was like that point where you're where you get to kind of see yourself reflected in that.
0: yeah, where you re-engage with it and yourself in yeah it. I think that's lovely. it's great.
1: that was one of my favorite that's one of my favorite details
0: so when you're on tour again make sure that you just go and have a little have a decent look outside and then when you go and stand in front of that mirror get the connection that's just I wouldn't say hidden it's just repeated it's just telling the story again and putting you in the story suddenly your, your reflection puts you in the story whereas when you're outside the building it's in the landscape And so, again, lovely little, like, soft connection. Um, I mean, I
1: hope on some unconscious level, people, when they're looking in that mirror, it gives them a sense of feeling special, Mm -hmm. is what I
0: would hope. We hope that happens for everybody when they look in a mirror. Right. (laughs) (laughs) All all mirrors, all mirrors. Nicole, absolutely fabulous. Really, again, you know, you you take this architectural space or a journey and always come up with a way of I want to say twisting it not twisting it just innovating it and I think this is again one of those things where it's beautifully innovated it's got its own personality and yet it fits and ties with the personality of the bungalow below it just with that tension with that two foot space in between and playing that shape back into it. I think it's really, really, really neat. The point that you made about the building's design that it does wiggle a little, just quickly tell me about that to wrap up.
1: Okay. Yeah. I mean, I mean, structurally it was necessary. So that that came from the structural engineer. They said that, you know, this is how we recommend designing, you know, we recommend um this this is the st- structural system we recommend for the perch and um, there are columns that tie down through the existing walls of the bungalow and into and tie into the foundation of the bungalow which Mm -hmm. help resist its lateral resist the lateral forces but it still has a slight wiggle to it which i find you know I find that really fascinating. And for me, it's just a reminder of its construction and wind and gravity and all the things that we deal with as architects. So that reminder in the building itself, I think is, you know, it just reinforces what the building is. And then to kind of, to, to add to that, I designed some of the details inside specifically to move or wiggle with that, just to to kind of echo that motion. So like when you walk in through the front door, you'll see a coat rack on the right hand side that's welded to a steel beam that a little portion of the steel beam that's kind of peeking through that we had to leave exposed. And so we decided to weld um, a coat rack to that, which also has its own movement um Uh when you use it and the bent railing between floor between the two levels also has a little designed with a little bit of give um so there's some other smaller elements in the in the perch that that you know in addition to walking up the stair kind of just echo echo that motion
0: i think that it's a really fabulous thing of like the building's actually alive It's in its landscape, and it's working with its landscape as well, like you know, the wind and people moving around. And it's not just earthed because it is a perch, and whilst it's strong and safe and all those things, it just has that little bit of engagement with the rest of the of the natural world around it. And I think that's
1: yeah,
0: it's a really cool little thing to embrace and go, oh, how fun's that? Like, yeah.
1: Well, it's funny you should say that it kind of ties to it's the natural world in that way, because it's pretty common for me when I go visit the perch that there's you can see a bunch of birds on top of the building and some of the trees like they do tend to love to sit right up on top of that. And I wonder if they can feel a little bit of that movement, too.
0: I wonder. I wonder if they actually feel like the safety of being up in a tree as opposed to being grounded. Yeah. 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 Nicole, fantastic journey through the perch. Thank you so much for your time. That was really fascinating. Like really, really cool. Loved it.
1: Thanks for having me, Adrian. It was my pleasure.
0: Oh, it's always great. (laughs) 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 Thank you. And we look forward to seeing you on tour.
1: Okay. Well, I hope you can make it. I hope you can make it awesome to come see it. If not, next time you're in town, let me know. I'd be happy to get
0: you that would be wonderful. Yeah. Let's go to The Perch by Nicole Blair. Mm-hmm. So a, a really fabulous structure. So mm-hmm. yeah. for, for those who know Nicole Blair, Nicole always, always finds a way to engage something different the unexpected with a twist it's it's her her thing (laughs) she does it absolutely brilliantly so take me to this one because this one's caught in steel and it is perched above It is perched yes above Um, a bungalow so
2: it is such just a little jewel box i feel it was very uh, so even the day that I was with the the home store selection committee in looking mm-hmm. at the houses, and so that was my first you know glimpse at them and being in it I mean first off and and she says this and people know you can feel it move even when people are on the stairs or if there are very many people in it you can you can feel it move and it's a interesting she talked about how the homeowners really like that like no one's gonna walk up the stairs without you knowing yeah. i mean it's you know it's not super dramatic but there's there's something. And so there's a sense of it responding to its environment, you know, very yeah. tactile. But yeah, it is it is so interesting and so different. And I love that it's being showcased on the tour. And then the inside, so it's yes, it's this, you know, cortin and steel and it's sitting there, and it's a very interesting shape. And, and
1: then the inside
2: has so much softness to it. Ah, I was it's about to like say. <laughs> different shades of this like soft, you know, pink, peachy kind of coloring and has a very like, you know, Adobe, New Mexico, West Texas kind of feel to it in some ways with a, the stucco and the bathroom. And, yeah, yeah it's, it's just.
0: It's got a fully plastered bathroom.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then the timber that's inside that's whitewashed just leaves a si- sort of slight pink hue into the light. So it sort of pulls the core 10 from the outside in. Mm-hmm. And as you say, like if you think of desertscape type colors, it's got little hints to that all the way. And then mm-hmm. it's a, it's a, everything's on, not everything's on an angle, everything, there's angles, there's shapes,
2: there's, um, yes and, and spaces was, are
0: used really like every space is used like
2: yes and it was such a pleasure to photograph in that way playing with the lines and like having them i mean it was small it was a challenge to photograph in that way as well yeah. but yeah it was it was so it I, you know i really enjoyed it, it was the first one yeah. um that i it was a great one to start with but yeah, it is. It is just such a little, such a little jewel. I'm excited for people to get to, you know, experience it and and see it. And
0: the fact that it does move because Nicole was saying this to me as well. You know, like it, as you go up the stairs, you'll feel them move a little. And when you're in the house, if there's a, you know, there will be on tour day, there'll be a few people in there, mm-hmm. and you'll feel the house just gently move it's almost like it's swaying in the wind or just yeah yeah just engaging its landscape that tactility of it is something else and it's got a lot of raw but then it's got a lot of really finished items in it as well Mm. it's yeah fascinating i imagine again because of the size that you know you you can only get so many angles of so much depth of field when you're taking Mm -hmm. photos of a place like this. And as you say, there's a little challenge in that. Was there a challenge (laughs) in it moving? And you had to say to, you know, your assistants and stuff, stand still.
2: There (laughs) was that. (laughs) Like I I realized early, I mean, I didn't, I didn't see it as a problem, but when we were, you know, I'm taking these longer exposures and I, if I could feel it, I knew the camera could, so it would be more, everybody needs to, you know, sit down, stand. I mean, it's breathe, like, you know, breathe out
0: or breathe exactly. in, whichever, exactly. but just do it once. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> but no, it was definitely a consideration. It's like the, you know, walking around while we're actually shooting.
0: Yeah, I love it. I love it. That's so cool. Well, that was exciting to bring the AIA Homes Tour to you. It is such an amazing event. If you've never been and you've listened to the podcast, make a trip to Austin. It's something special. If you have been and this has helped you understand the homes and get an idea of the brief and how the architect and even how Casey has approached the home, I hope that it's been a great journey. And please leave me a comment, subscribe to the podcast, and enjoy the creative content. Take care.
1: Thanks from me.